Mate, this is going to be awesome. It's not stayed to come down for that one. Hit him, hit him. It's more than just a hobby, it's who we are. Cracker. That's why we hunt. Welcome to the Educated Hunter Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate OE. Ultimate OE provides safe, unique hunting-based experiences for passionate hunters and outdoorsmen. From hunting stone sheep in the mountains of British Columbia, rutting moose on the gravel bars of the Yukon, to chasing roaring red stags in the Highland of Scotland, Ultimate OE's paid overseas experiences are designed for hunters, by hunters, to maximise enjoyment, learning and experience. For more information, it can be found at ultimateoe.co.nz or flick us an email, give us a call, we're always happy to talk through what kind of hunting adventure would be best for you. Today, despite what can only be classified as likely the most severe case of man flu anybody's ever had, I sit down with Joe Edlington. Joe is a professional hunting guide and cameraman and we basically sit down to discuss how he found himself on this path where he hopes it will go, and importantly, his latest initiative, which is to film, edit, produce recreational hunts for New Zealanders. And I think this is awesome. I think this is another, I guess it's another form of trophy appreciation. And it's just a fantastic way for us to document what we do, have it there, basically it sits there for history. And I mean that in terms of the next generation can watch it. Those that don't hunt can watch it and share it. So for me, it's awesome. So that's why I wanted to catch up with him. We had a quick, honest chat, covered a lot of topics, some political, but we tried to just stick to, to the passion of hunting and filming and where that's heading. So enjoy enjoy the podcast. It was it was a goodie. Cool. So got Joe here with me. Um, we've literally met as of two or three minutes ago. So she's going to be a pretty ad hoc conversation to start with but I'm you know as per typical sort of with this sort of thing it just sort of starts flowing eventually and it's a case of having to stop so it's definitely not going to be an issue and Joe's actually fortunate or fortunate I guess in in part the fact that he's uh, got off the hill successfully early today which has allowed this to happen and now he's got to spend the afternoon editing so it's probably not a bad break but it's one that he's probably got to get back to work as well. Uh, Pretty excited to put my feet up for a little bit yeah definitely i um like I've, I've done a little bit of filming years years ago overseas and when i say a little bit it was definitely a little bit and back then it was and this is going to sound poor but it wasn't as artistic it was really just about filming kill shots whereas matthew and um, the other half of educated hunter he's definitely got a bigger background so largely he probably would be better to have this conversation but i think I'll come across, you know, I'll ask the the questions that the Kiwis want to hear. Yeah, so that'll be good. So basically, where did where did hunting start for you? Uh, I don't know, man. Hunting for me, ever since I was a wee kid, I guess, just like everyone else, um, you've always wanted to get out there. I'm from way up north, you know, mm-hmm. right up north, uh, Wangarei. There's not too much deer hunting at all up there, anything like that. So hunting for me is something I used to read about in magazines as a little kid dreaming of being a hunting guide one day all these sort of things um we've got lots of pig hunting duck shooting all that sort of stuff but 
deer stalking and the big game stuff is that was always something I really really wanted to do and um, had to work my way towards that as I grew up but yeah um, now I'm fortunate enough to do a lot of that so yeah times have changed for me. When you talk back uh, I guess you know the duck shooting the pig hunting that was that a, a family sport or you know like who, who were you doing that with or who was your mentor in that? Um, well my dad and my granddad were keen game bird hunters so mm-hmm. um, yeah that's a that's about as far as my family goes for hunting. Yep. No one in my family that's been into big game. Yeah, I used to do a little bit of duck shooting and stuff with Dad. and um, But he had a good friend of his that um, was a pretty well-known uh, pig hunter up there. And uh, one day I was just, well, I must have just been nagging Dad to get me out there. Eh? And mm-hmm. eventually he teed up a, a pig hunt. And I remember the first time I went out with him, we didn't get anything. And it was I was just, I was buzzing over it. I was super excited. As um as you can imagine, I can't remember how old I was, but I was pretty pretty young fella. And then the second time, um, yeah, we ended up meeting up and went out to the station and stayed the night in some sheriff's quarters somewhere. And I didn't get any sleep that night. I'm sure <laughs> I didn't get nothing. Eh? And then uh, in the morning we were we were up and having breakfast and went out for this hunt. And yeah, lucky uh, the dogs got onto this real good boar and um, chased him down bailed him up in a swamp and I managed to get there and then the, the guy I was with his name's Len Harding a few people probably know him he told me to get in there I'd never seen a pig in my life and uh get in there grab it by the back legs boy and uh, I remember thinking oh fuck baptism out. of fire yeah what yeah. have I got myself into I could hardly fit both my hands around the back legs of this thing eh and um but yeah we got this pig and I'll never forget it it was unreal and I think that right there that moment just set it off for me as far as the, the pig hunting, and that was the, the first transition into big game hunting for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and then, I guess, a natural path, you ended up with your own dogs Yep. at some point? Yep, yep. Uh, eventually got into my own dogs. I think I was, I might have been 16 or 17, And um, but the years leading up to that, hunting with um, good friends who had dogs and things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but my first dogs were 16, 17, I think I might have been, and... Um, just led on oh, from you there. did, yeah. yeah. I've had yeah. that period of time. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's still actually partly something I'm trying to hold on to, but life's getting in the way of all the pig stuff at the minute, so that's all right. That's all right. It's still it's still something to do. And I, I love it. I love the pig hunting. I, um, I've you know, talked about it publicly before, but it's changed a lot, pig hunting. I don't know how much it's changed up where you're from, but certainly down this way it's changed a lot. Um, and I, I just think it's just part of the times but what I hope what I hope doesn't happen is you know the fact that we still hunt animals with dogs is a bit of a luxury here in New Zealand you know and um, I think it's you know without getting too political straight off the bat I hope we as pig hunters sort of look after that and respect it especially in the way we share it so just for the longevity of the sport you know I'd like my kids to be able to pick up with dogs too at some point yeah yeah no it's it's pretty special being out there with your dogs especially if you're training yourself eh? mm. watch them progress as young yeah. pups growing up so well it quickly becomes not the, not the only incentive <clears throat> everyone still wants to catch a big pig and but it's more it's definitely becomes more of a transition to seeing the the young dogs progress and, and achieving more themselves i think that's there's a lot of reward in that Mm. So then, how how do you jump from pig hunting in the upper north to now? Well, not only 
guiding full-time, or in part full-time, but um, just hunting the Southern Alps and so forth. Yeah, well, I guess over the years, you know, we'd do, we'd do pig hunting trips up and down the country, South Island and all over the North Island. And 2007, I think it was, I bought my, ver- my first video camera and we were, me and my good mate Rory Garden, who's now in Australia, but we had a month of raw hunting planned. And this is our first, our first time ever hunting stags in a raw. We'd never done it before. We'd always wanted to. We'd done a couple of meat trips for deer down mm-hmm. central North Island. Um, but we had a whole month just set aside to go raw hunting and we were going to learn everything we needed to know because we had no idea and um, so I bought this video camera and anyway we we head down and oh we were hunting all over the place you were and places like that yeah so started started filming this hunt and and um, it's pretty cool it's just all rough raw stuff you know we're we're figuring out how to how to hunt how to how to raw deer what they sound like working yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah Yeah, and that was just that was awesome, man. Like we we just had the time of our lives, and um, we didn't shoot a single deer. <laughs> believe, it or, <laughs> believe it or not, um, we oh, oh we we roared in a few. We actually shot two and wounded them. Tracked them for days, never found them. You know, yeah. um, we're pretty devastated at the time, but um, overall the trip was awesome. We learned a lot of stuff, and so that was the first raw trip um, that we'd ever done. And then um, yeah, so back back up to north and carrying on the on the pig hunting as you normally do in the winter and then all we started to think about was deer and um, getting down for the roar and stuff so then from that year on every year we'd set aside time and we'd we'd go away we'd do our hunting learn about stags and hunt stags and we started getting pretty successful so it was it was quite nice yeah so that sort of opened up the deer side of what we do but with um, the video camera that I bought um, I started just to carry on filming our hunts, so we were starting to film um, all the pig hunting trips up north and all over the place, and we'd edit them into little short videos, put them on YouTube, and share them between our friends. And then, um, yeah, people started to watch these videos, and then I started getting a bit of interest, and guys wanted to come out with me and mm-hmm. the dogs. And um, so, yeah, we started taking a few fellas out, and they'd join us on these hunts and get a few pigs and have a good time. Yeah, so that sort of carried on for a number of years, and then the guiding sort of sort of started to get a bit stronger. We we were getting more uh, more interest, and I was getting a lot more messages and emails and things like that come through about guys wanting to actually come hunting with me. And um, was this primarily for pigs at this pigs at this yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, mainly pigs. And um, the deer the deer stalking was just all the deer stalking we were doing was just all me and my good friends, and you know that was just how our thing would do together but the pig hunting the videos I was making the guys were keen to be a part of it so that was that was quite interesting actually yeah I guess I guess from that point on it started to progress into more guiding rather than just having fun and um, always having fun when you're guiding but mm-hmm. you know taking it to another level and then uh, Gerald Fluidy who's now basically part of the family to me uh, contacted me and he he said hey would you interested in coming and um, doing a bit of guiding for me so um, I was keen I was keen mm-hmm. as and um, that year I can't remember what year it was but I um, had a we had a wapiti block so we were doing a fjordland trip and then straight after that I was had this um, block of time booked to go and guide for Gerald so I think I was coming fresh out of a wapiti block 
and then going up there to do this guiding and I didn't know what to expect and I had a group of guys in from Hawaii. Yeah, long story short, we actually had a wicked, wicked week. It was about 10 days of bow hunting, uh, fallow cool. deer. And um, yeah, we got we got our animals and it was good. And I just had, had such a good time. And, and from that point on, I, I've been guiding for Gerald ever since. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, and that's wild side? Wild side, hunting safaris, yeah. Central North Island. Um, so what sort of species are you doing there? Um, pretty much all the deer species. And uh, we do most of the deer up in the North Island and then uh, move down and do the alpine stuff, tar and chamois mm-hmm. and elk down here in the South Island. So, yeah, but I don't know, Wildside specialises in red stags and fallow bucks, probably good seeker. Yeah, that's been pretty good. I've been um, the head guide for Gerald and family for a number of years now and the opportunities they've given me and the, and the knowledge I've learned from being there has been... Um, yeah, I can't thank those guys enough, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's good. And it's I'm glad you said that because it's something I <clears throat> always advocate through you know the other things I do, like the Ultimate OE, about when people enter this industry, like the opportunities that come about, they're unbeknownst at the time of signing up to do a month's worth of work or, you know, like really you – and it's partly in the nature of us hunters, like you just sort of sign up on a whim for that month and see where, where that ended up or where that goes to and – for for those that really get amongst it and, and want to, I guess pursue and take opportunity, like it just keeps going. Yeah, you know, yep. and you're still on that roller coaster. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, <laughs> it's good. It's, a good, it's such an awesome way of life, and <clears throat> I in part get excited and live that excitement through you younger guys doing it now because I know I did it. You know, now it's a family and a yeah. wife and more business orientated. I guess, but yep. back to back to the filming stuff. Started as just a an add on to the passion. Yeah, it was pretty much. I don't know we come up with the idea of, um, and, and it's all based around that first month long raw hunt. You know, the mm-hmm. very first raw hunt we ever did. We just wanted to film it, man. We had such cool plans, and we thought, imagine if we videoed it, and then uh, you know we could watch it forever mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't even know if we were going to find deer, but we thought if we could if we could get it all on video. Um, that would just be cool. Get yep. home and you can sit back and, and just relive it for years to come, you know? Yeah, I think speaking of that particular video, I've still got those original videos. Yep. Yeah, it's all on that, what do they call it, mini DV, yeah, yeah. small cassette <laughs> yeah, tapes. Yeah, yeah. I've nothing that will actually play it, but yep. I'm pretty sure <coughs> I could get it transferred over. To yeah, the I have not long, well, at least in a couple of years ago, I got all my old stuff put onto DVD or CD and DVDs yep. or whatever you, and jeez, oh, I look back over it and... It's actually quite like it's awesome to watch, but whew, like you, it's for me. It's like you know footage of a bail up, and like I just filmed that thing for like what well, minutes, not hours, <laughs> but you know just such a long time. And oh. I just, I just, I just now that I'm I guess a little bit older, I just now I get at what my parents were saying. Like, oh my god, can you not turn that volume down, or can you not watch that again later, or yeah. something like just dogs barking for <laughs> long periods of time. But but it does mean something. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and that's that's important. I'm looking forward to the day where I can actually look back at on this video footage because it's going to be there's going to be lots of cringeworthy stuff, but there's going to yeah. be some cool memories in it. Eh? Yeah, I've, I can't even remember what's on there. I know there's there's a bit of action of stags and things like that coming in, and us trying to roar. You know, we probably mm-hmm. sound like wounded cattle beasts or something <laughs> like that. I have no idea, but it's going to be good when I get to watch it. Yeah, so, yeah. And the cool the cool thing about it, like when I look back at some of that stuff, is, and you're you're certainly. 
far more adept to talk about this particular aspect than myself but like <clears throat> nowadays it's very artistic and professional and and, and the quality is just really high for those that have the ability versus but there's something about looking at something really raw that is far from that <laughs> and seeing that seeing the inner quality of it and you almost sort of relive how raw that excitement was for you yeah. at the time and and the arguably the quality of the animal or what have you yep Yep, the the rough raw emotion comes out, eh? Yeah, that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, and that, I think that's that's you know that's super strong. Um, you're now down in the South Island filming, so that's this that's your role right now, just to yep. contract yep. So, cameraman post hunting season. Yep. Or, so the guiding season finished up uh, a few weeks ago, and um, at the moment I'm currently working for Venator Cardrona Safaris, mm-hmm. and I'm filming hunts and just general camera work for them so um yeah we've done some pretty cool stuff in the last few weeks and um got some awesome footage so yeah that's all banking up and um yeah so wanaka right now it's pretty cold (laughs) it is a bit cold yeah (laughs) it's not as cold as alex i'll give it that yeah yeah, alex was cold this morning so when you when you again and this is only comparative to the little bit i've done when you are, are following a hunt or filming a hunt be it professionally or recreationally, do you do you feel involved at the time, or do you feel do you feel involved at edit? Um, Does that make sense? Involved with the hunt itself, yeah. The guys hunting, yeah. I I definitely feel involved, yeah. Mm-hmm. But being a guide, I try to stay out of the decision making. If you know what yep. I mean, yeah. Because that's to film a hunt, it takes a lot of focus, and if I'm if I'm trying to guide as well, then you you know you can't do you can't film a hunt and no, guide a hunt at a hundred percent. Yeah. So if I'm filming someone's hunt, then I'm I'm just filming basically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I try to stay out of all the decision making as far as the guiding goes. And, I imagine um, that's tough. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, it it is, but I've I've just learned to that it's got to be done. Yeah. So um, I guess in the, like looking looking at the photos and the video that I've seen of yours, like the, the quality is high. So your passion obviously sits there. Part of my difficulty could be the fact that I'm not overly passionate about, I, I like good film and photo, but I'm not overly passionate about capturing that. Yeah. I think um, that's probably where I differ because for me, um, I don't actually like killing things myself anymore. I'd rather, if I'm going for my own hunt, my own personal hunt, I would just take my camera and mm. I'd rather take, some cool video or some photos of that animal. It can be, I was having this convo um, with a friend just the other day and she was saying, what if the world record bull tar was standing in front of you? What would you pick up, the rifle or the camera? And I told her the camera. Hmm. So that's sort of where I stand at the moment. Like for me, my my passion is camera work. I absolutely love it, mm-hmm. absolutely love it. So if it's, um, yeah, putting an edit together like a nice cinematic sort of edit um that gets me really excited mm. yeah so which you can see in the finished product man like it was one of the i guess the discussions matthew and myself had but like whew, he can edit you know like i think that's a, that's kudos to you you know like that's sort of that unnecessary evil to filming stuff yeah <laughs> <You well, know? laughs> the edits the edits are the a lot of um cameramen either hate editing or love it so mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to be one of the guys that love it. So, yeah, I, I enjoy, I really enjoy capturing the footage and, and the photos and things. And then I also equally enjoy 
sitting down in the office and putting it together. So lucky, you're lucky to feel that way, <clears throat> you know, because I do know other cameramen or, or people with camera interests, and it's kind of like the burden of what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know plenty like that too. Don't, <laughs> you do. don't worry. No, no, that's good. So <clears throat> with um with years of guiding now, you've travelled the the show scene across America. Uh, yep, yep. I've mm-hmm. um, been lucky enough to go over to Reno and Dallas and do the shows over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty big eye-opener, eh? Yep. Yeah, yep. there's a lot lot to see there, a lot to learn. Yeah, massive. Um, I think my first... I was always told that I'm going to be blown away by the size of everything. And, um, yeah, I remember the first time we walked into uh, the building, you know, with all the booths set up and stuff like that, and it was huge. It was way bigger than I expected. Mm-hmm. It was just... It's unreal, but I guess it's it's a worldwide thing, so I can understand why it's so big. But yeah, it was definitely an eye opener from um, coming all the way from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so really cool to see. It is, really it is cool something. Um, it is something definitely worth seeing. Like it's a bit of a shame nowadays that the SCI and the Shot Show, like you know, they're sort of further apart. Because I always thought, you know, if they if they remained within a week of each other, it'd be a pretty cool boys trip to, yeah. you know, drag some guys across and and sort of have a look at both scales like but so be it i can't control that sort of stuff yeah yeah i sort of liken liken the shows to um almost like the mystery creek field days eh? but mm-hmm. the whole thing is just hunting related yeah, yeah. So. hunting a jewelry yeah yeah, yeah yeah jewelry and fur coats there's a fair stunk of that oh there is there is but man there's some cool things to look at yeah, yeah. you've got a few days like when we're there we're um you know we're talking a we're talking to people and stuff like that so we don't get too much time to walk around but when we do get time to walk around it's yeah it's always good just to see what's out there right? mm, yeah no I, we go every year and we're fortunate enough that we are just there visiting <coughs> the downside to that is it leads to more social <laughs> interaction which typically means hangovers and um and lots of shopping I mean, like i had a i had a dreadful year this year <laughs> spent way too much but it's just, you know all, the, all these new toys you can't not no oh, yeah yeah kid in the candy store man. pretty much pretty much so so you're talking to potential clients at that point uh yep yeah so i'm just there uh with Wildside, mm-hmm. and um yeah a lot of the hunters that we deal with are from you know the states or uh most of them go to these shows mm-hmm. so yeah if you're just people like to come and talk about hunting so you just talk talk to them and tell yeah. Tell them what you're doing and things like that and um yeah, you meet you meet a lot of good people. A yeah, lot of good people that come over and hunt with you, so there is a lot of good people in this game. You know, Definitely. There's, yep. there's always gonna be that small percentage, but yep. Yeah, typically they're pretty good. So then as a guide and as somebody invested in the professional hunting scene here in New Zealand, how do you feel about people outfitting that aren't Kiwis here in New Zealand? And then international hunters being able to come over and quote unquote help themselves to mm. like, how does it sit um, with you at a professional level and a, and a private level yeah I don't know I think you know there's enough of us Kiwi guys doing it um, mm-hmm. it would be it would be awesome to see all the visitors all the hunters that come over to hunt New Zealand to meet up with some of us Kiwi guys because um, it's our land sort mm-hmm. of thing you know mm-hmm. this is it's what we do over here in New Zealand so um yeah, I think that they should be hunting with us, basically. Yep. They're going to get benefits from it. You know, mm-hmm. we know the place. We know the land, the animals, and, and the habits and all that sort of mm, stuff. Safe. So, yeah, if, like, you don't really go over overseas and hunt in places like that without going with one of the guys no, over there. No, so. there's, 
you know, you can't you can't blanket and say there's nowhere else, but it's certainly yeah. very limited. Yeah. And when you look at the species and the terrain, then that demographic of other potential places to do it recreationally is, is diminished greatly. You know, like so, you know, I publicly say that it's wrong. Um, I think I hundred percent believe that there's no way a, a non-New Zealand or non-New Zealand resident can outfit. Yeah, I, don't, I just think that's there's no way that fits at all. Mm. Um, and then, then in terms of international hunters, like I, I, the administration and all that sort of stuff, I get that it's hard and it's expensive. So I've got no blanket answer for that. But it would be good to see them, you know, have to have to go through some sort of outfitter. And yeah, it, it, I I inevitably see it happening. And what will happen is there'll be a new flood of outfitters in New Zealand and offering different things at different prices so whether or not it still means that your higher end outfitters are those guys or whether there's a a lower strung demographic I don't, I don't know it, something needs to happen and it needs to iron itself out really yeah hmm. I agree but that's one of those tough ones and then the, the other big question I've got for you and I don't, I don't know if you want to go down the political route or not but <laughs> as a professional are you affected at all by these gun buybacks? Um, not really, to mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah, it uh, doesn't affect me uh, so much. A lot of the hunting that I do is actually bow hunting. Yep. I guide bow hunters. You know, we also do a lot of rifle as well, but the bow hunting is sort of what I like to do. Um, but yeah, the gun buybacks, yeah, it affects people, you know, people I'm close with, but me personally... It's a difficult one because I, I've found myself in a couple of these conversations lately, and some I've been comfortable in, and some I've been uncomfortable in. But it's I'm, I'm much the same. I've got no rifles that are potentially going to get taken off me. But I guess as a bigger scale, the fact that it affects shooting and hunting, and it in them part does affect me. And I just think it's you know the latest stuff I've seen is actually, in my mind, it's just quite shit that. We put $150 million towards buying back all the guns from the safe demographic and the fact that those that are criminals aren't going to give them back anyway. No, that's right. They're so just going to go underground, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. So we're essentially taking $150 million off the taxpayers to take back something that really wasn't an issue when we could have given that money to so much more, be it all those big topics like cancers and schooling and elderly. Like, There's so much more we could do, and I just... Yeah, unfortunately, we're the we're bearing the brunt of it. Get away from that political stuff. Back to the filming. I've seen recently now that you are, are looking to, I guess, expand what it is you're doing into the recreational sector. Yeah, I just an idea, um, a thought I've had. Um, I quite, I don't know, us as New Zealanders, we we do some pretty cool stuff, eh? Like we do we do some cool adventures, some cool missions. Um, you know, for one example, the guys that are they get themselves a, a tar block or they've got a a big hunt coming up that maybe it's it's sort of a once in a lifetime hunt for them. Um, I know a lot of people that that have filmed hunts and um, themselves, you know, film their own hunts and stuff like that. They just they love it because they can they can rewatch that hunt for the rest of their lives basically. And I've sort of thought that. Some of these guys that are doing these big hunts that it may be the the only time they'll ever do it. Imagine if they had it filmed, mm. you know, professionally by um, someone separate to their hunting party. Um, so they can just worry about 
find an animals. Yeah, and just having <laughs> yeah. having their good time that they yeah. that they're planning to have and um and just hunting like they would normally. But there'll be a cameraman wasn't around catch, capturing it all mm. and then editing it up into something that's going to be really special to them. So that's sort of an idea. Um, I think I think it's awesome. I really do, man. That's why I wanted to catch up with you because I think two things. One, well, actually the two big things. Uh, one, you're a professional cameraman and two, you're a professional hunter. So having you there is no burden to the hunt as such. In fact, there's probably partially whether you'd, whether you'd like to openly say it or not, times where you could contribute to the success or the way they're doing things. But um, the quality of the film and and the capturing of the I guess emotive period, like the emotion that's going on through that week, um, or however long the duration is, is the stuff that recreational hunters that want to film what they're doing don't get. Yeah. Typically, they pick it up when they've found an animal yep. already, get maybe get a kill shot if they're lucky, and then a, in my mind, what is typically a pretty poor post animal shot of somebody standing over it or blood dripping down them as they carry it out. Like I don't, I don't that's my opinions, but you know, and I just think versus. Having something like what you're, you know, capable of offering, I just think it's actually really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, it's an interesting idea, anyway. That's for sure. But I think there'll be a certain group of people out there that would mm. love it. They'd absolutely mm. love it. But yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to talk to these sort of people. Yeah. Um, even get ideas on how I can make it work for me and them in mm-hmm. the future. Yeah, I know. Um, I know that most people would really enjoy to see their big trip on video yeah that's for sure i just think it's awesome and i, and I think it's awesome based on the, a little bit like your first big raw story you could be there to film these hunts and because of i guess because of the ability that you've gained through being a professional like these guys aren't necessarily going to even kill anything good to have a good video of their of their hunt you know so sort of i think that's really important too because a little bit of a little bit of what makes these, well, a little bit or a lot of what makes these once in a lifetime or special trips what they are is the environment, the the duration, the challenge, the the good, the bad, the yep. you mate forgetting something vital on the trip to yep. whatever. Like there's yep. you know the so much more to it. Yeah, yep. there's way way more to it than one particular animal or not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's, it, it's more about the <coughs> whole adventure rather than mm. just the just the hunt. So. If they didn't have to worry about capturing that, mm. they can just enjoy themselves, have have their their good time on their hunt, on their adventure, and it would all be getting captured in the background without them even realizing half yeah. the time. So, yeah, and that's important too because mm. sort of people that aren't used to it sort of start to act a little bit too. So, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. you would have seen. Yep, but definitely. um, and then and then to put as I guess a serious note on the thing, I just think it's, I think it's a really important way to respect the animals and show respect to to hunting really as well you know like and i guess there's an over overwhelming trend to what the where the educated hunter always ends up and that is hunters discussing sharing educating the non-hunters or the uninformed about what we do in a positive way and i you know i think this is another way you know if it was a high quality video that was successful or non-successful in terms of hunt but people could sit down and watch it or families could sit down and watch it or workplaces could sit down and watch it um it helps share hunting in a positive light yeah yeah. and i'm I'm all for that 
Be easy. You'll be busy now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> busy is good though, eh? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So what's um what's so you're what, you just got a couple more hunts to film here? Pretty much finished up here. Yep. Uh, I've just got a couple more days of filming to go, but as far as hunting, yeah, we're done for the season. Cool. Um, with Venator, that is. Possibly filming a tar hunt on Monday. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's... Uh, another professional one? Another, or one, another re- professional re- one, yep. yeah, yep. for another outfitter. And that's, that's just a day hunt. And then, yeah, after that, I'm heading, heading north mm-hmm. um, for... A week and then mm-hmm. back down to South Island for most of July. So, yeah, right. Yeah, gonna be cruising around for a while. <coughs> got yeah. got a bit of stuff on, so it's gonna be good fun. That's good, man. That's good. Mm. And um, I just, I guess, through scrolling through your Instagram, uh, which is pretty incredible, I must say. Fishing's obviously a passion too, eh? Ah, uh, yeah, the fishing, man. I love the fishing. Like, yeah, fishing yeah. for me is. Um, over the summer, I head back up north and. I'm based on the Tutakaka coast up in just out of Wangarei. I don't know if many people know where that is, but it's a pretty nice, special little spot. Yeah, we're pretty blessed with the fishing and diving up there. So mm-hmm. what better thing to do on a summer's day when it's too hot to do anything else? You jump in the water or go fishing. So, yeah, yeah I love it. And um, sort of get right into the kingfish stuff, you know, all topwater, topwater lures, stick baits and poppers. And, um, yeah, we target bigger kingfish we can find off the rocks cool yeah it's most of our <coughs> most of our days are spent chasing those buggers around it and what's um um and what about in terms of international hunting and stuff like that is that where um, you want to head down or yeah well it's always been something that i've wanted to do mm-hmm. and doing doing the guiding i think of my first professional guide was in 2012 yeah and most years um especially with Wildside, I get offers mm. to go and work for an outfitter in Canada or somewhere like that in yep. the States. So most years I get two or three offers, um, but I have not taken anyone up on it yet. Yep. It came close last year, but I ran out of time getting a visa and things Got like that, fit, yeah. and they had to um, secure a guide instead, yep. so I missed out <coughs> on that one, unfortunately. Um, but that's the closest I've actually been on going over there. So I definitely... I could still see myself going and doing something um i'd love to be a part of the bow hunting for elk in the bugle canada or yeah somewhere in the states but yeah that's something that's still it's still on my mind to get over there um and it definitely used to be just guiding but now i'd actually almost prefer to go over there and film cool film all this stuff happening so yeah maybe in the future we'll see how we go yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always a it's always something. So that that being said, is there something you'd want to hunt overseas with the with the rifle or bow? Uh no, no really, no. I wouldn't. Um, no, not at all. I'd I'd much prefer to use the camera. To be honest, yeah. yeah I'd if yeah, I'd rather follow someone around on a bow hunt on mm-hmm. a you know, like I said before, the bugling elk. Um, that would that would be right up there for me. So yeah. you. Well, don't, don't let me put words in your mouth, but you prefer to film a bow hunt currently as it stands. Is that because, one, what you're filming is more in your face or is it the challenges you see in bow hunting itself? Um, it's probably both, both actually. Yeah, like I've, bow hunting to me is pretty special because it takes, as you probably know, it, it's it's tough. It takes a lot of a lot of energy to get that animal and you're you're in that animal space, you're up close and personal so you've there's a lot of factors that come into play eh, when you're bow yep. hunting 
so I, I just love it. I love I, I love the guiding of it and I love the filming of it. So yeah, it's pretty much you and the animal. Yeah, the animal's in his territory. You're the outsider coming in. You've really got to keep your wits about you. The to, last uh, <laughs> here's a story. The last the last bow elk uh, that I helped out on. We were unsuccessful, but we were sort of running the wee hoochie mummers. The wee yep, we, yeah, 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 and. Uh, yeah, we caught in two grizzly bears. Like, you know, we, when you start hearing the rustles and stuff, you kind of think, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. And then it was big and fluffy and ain't the right one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's that's part of it. That's it another is, thing that good. we, uh, we're not quite used to over here in New Zealand. Yeah, we, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, not yeah, often you we get away with that. Grizzly bear, right? No. So I've got a, I'm actually, I'm actually hunting myself um, this, this September. And um, the area we're going into is particularly rife with grizzly bears so nice well yes and no because it's in bc <laughs> so we can't do anything about it oh, so it'll but, keep you on your toes though. yeah well it will it's part of it we want to be there so yeah you just got to be faster than the slowest slowest person around yeah see that's partly the trouble <laughs> you know as I, as I get older i'm quickly becoming that slowest one <laughs> oh, yeah. but that, that's nah, that's fine it'll be, it'll, it'll be one hell of an adventure anyways when are you doing that september nice yeah it's not too far away. No, I fly out two days before my wife's birthday. Oh, geez. yeah, pretty much. So, fly out yeah two days before my birthday, uh, for her birthday, and then back. Basically, land on the Friday before Seeker Show. So, oh yeah, yep, yep, yeah. So it'll be a fairly hectic September, but yeah, yeah, a good one, I would hope. Yeah. Oh, you have fun, man. You yeah. have heaps of fun over no, there. No, no, sure. no. It'll be cool. So, if you weren't, I guess, guiding right now, what is it you'd be doing? Uh, if I wasn't guiding right now, like in the hunt scene, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd like to say I'd be filming. Mhm, mhm. So you enjoy filming outside of hunting? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I actually really do. Uh, in July, I'm going to be filming a series of just general New Zealand videos. Cool. Um, nothing to do with hunting. So for two weeks, I'll be travelling around the South Island in a camper van. I hope to get four short films done of the South Island. Is it your own initiative, or is that yeah? That's, that's oh, this cool. is like this is my holiday. This yeah, is, right. Yeah, the season's finished up. The hunting season's finished up. So, yeah, I'm pretty keen to go and do something, just relax, do something different. So yeah, yeah, I've sort of set with with with. Well, you don't have to talk about it if you don't, if it's not right, but um, with the intention of it being, I don't know, monetized or something at some no, point later not, on. No, just not monetized. This is just this is just for me. This is cool. Um, yeah, just something different and fun that I'm looking forward to doing so yeah a while ago oh when was it about February I did a I did a little video in the North Island non-hunting related and um yeah I had so much fun doing it so I um yeah thought may as well take a bit of time off after the guiding mm-hmm. season and the and the hunting season and blow some of that cash money <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I don't know how much money you can spend when you're right around on the west coast yeah yeah own. that's right but yeah, but anyway, we'll um, yeah, just see uh, see if I can get some cool films done. Like oh, I, I don't doubt I've got a few little ideas, but it basically be showing off some cool stuff that we have here in the wilderness of New Zealand that mm-hmm. a lot of people probably never get to see. So um, yeah, mainly there'll be no storyline to it. There will mm-hmm. be a well, there'll be a certain storyline, but it's more of just cinematic, cool, that's cool videos to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm bit of a treat for the eyes and ears yeah. that's the idea so that's yeah outside of the hunting and the and the 
in the film and I still like to run the cameras, you know. Um, and so you're not, you've never been formally trained or anything like that? It's... Uh, nah, man, I've, um, I've never been to university or anything like that mm-hmm. and um, I've never learnt through any schooling on how to do this sort of stuff. But, yeah, going back to that first video camera I bought in 2007, I had to learn how to do it. And um, over time, I just, I'm sort of one of these guys that if you sit me down in a classroom, I generally won't learn much. But if I'm left up to my own device and it's something I'm passionate about, I'll learn real quick. Figure it out. So, yeah. yeah. So I've just, everything I know is self-taught. I've been doing it for a few years, so it's, yeah, you slowly figure it out, eh, after mm. a while. Yeah, no, good on you, man. So do you reckon, I guess when it's all said and done, you'll go back to the pig hunting? Um, probably not, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I think it was, when was it, about three years ago, well, it was a, a time period between four and two years ago where mm-hmm. I started to really slow down on the pig hunting. Mm-hmm. So outside of the the hunting and, you know, the New Zealand guiding season, I'd go back uh, up north and get back into the pig hunting and that. But over the years, it's been on my way longer and longer and I can't take my dogs with me. So my dogs are part of the family and every year it was pretty hard to leave them and know that I'm not there for them sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I sort of started handing off the old dog here and there and then uh i think it was two years ago they all ended up going going to friends and family and stuff like that so i was down to just my old my old dog so he's retired with me if anyone's listening that used to watch my old hunting videos way back in the day on youtube uh they probably remember the black fella that was running around catching a few pigs <laughs> yeah he's still with me and he sleeps in front of the fire and he lives a good life yep, now good so life. So, I've got one of them at home. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep them happy, eh? Yeah, gotta, that's it. They, they Just work for paying hard for the you. work. Yeah, exactly. So he goes everywhere with me, or everywhere I can take him anyway. And um, he's the only dog I have now. So one, one period we had ten or twelve dogs, you know, three or four packs. Now we got, I just got my old boy just mm-hmm. cruising around. So yeah, the 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 pig hunting for me, it. it it was um it was something that I was super passionate about, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'll ever get fully back into it like I was. I think um I still enjoy going on hunts, but going back to the camera side of it, I would now just love to go on a hunt and film you know my good mates hunting. That's sort of what gets me going now. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a little bit the same through different things now, just getting older. I think, but. Um, you know, I've had up to nine or ten dogs, and now I'm down to really just one mate and two youngs, and seeing what comes of that. Really, I don't know. Yeah, like I said, I think I started the podcast with this, but I think I'm just holding on to it. But uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But anyways, so um, so how do people find what it is you're doing? And yeah, well, I I don't use Facebook. I do have Facebook, but I don't use it, so that's not the place to look. Instagram, I. I like to post photos and short videos and things like that. That's probably, yeah, I suppose that's almost like a portfolio. That's mm-hmm. somewhere where you can go and actually have a look at some of my, my work that I'm pretty proud of. I'm most active on Instagram out of all the other things out there. So Instagram's probably your first option if you want to see what I do. And um, and through there you can link up with people I've worked with and people I've hunted with, so it's pretty handy. So And also YouTube yeah, there's a there's a number of films and stuff like that on YouTube, and this year 
when I um, get back into the editing room, there's plenty more to go up there that aren't so much commercial, just mm-hmm. some pretty cool hunts, and and then these New Zealand films will be up there as well. Cool. But you can find some, you can find a few cool videos. There's some nice tar hunts and stuff like that on there. And so if they're looking on YouTube, what are they? Yeah, just want to search J E Wilds. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, so my name's Joe Edlington, but I shortened, I guess, my public name. I don't mm-hmm. know what you want to call it, but people know me as J E Wilds. So if you search J.E. Wilds on YouTube, you'll come up with my channel and same with Instagram, J.E. Wilds. We'll, we'll put it in the podcast notes as well so people can just link on it. Yeah, yeah. so it'll be, it'll be cool to hear, hear from some people that are listening that have some ideas or some thoughts about anything we've talked about. I'd, I'd, um, I'd be real keen to, to hear some ideas. Mm-hmm. One last thing that I've, yeah, just listening to the way you descripted that, like for young guys and girls out there that are, I guess going through that period that you went through and they're just picking up their first camera, is there any sort of ideas or, or helpful sort of tips that you've got for them? Um, or even, even someone that's been doing it for a while? Yeah, well, I don't know, just probably the first thing I'd say would be just find something that you're real passionate about and make that your first your first mission. Mm-hmm. Um, because if there's, if there's some natural passion there in what you're trying to do, then it's going to, it's going to be a lot easier to to move through the motions, if you know what I mean. Uh, don't try to force yourself into doing something you're not comfortable with doing. So uh, if you're running a camera and you and you want to film a hunt, think about what a special hunt to you is and go and film that. Do that. Do that as your first little mission. But yeah, I firmly believe that you need to have have the passion there, otherwise it comes across, especially in your edit. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to I like to try put a lot of emotion into my edits so i feel it that, comes across. that's fair <clears throat> that's yeah. how i that was part of what i saw when i looked at some of the stuff you've done yeah, yeah i just i don't know that's just what what i like to do and i know some people probably don't get it and some people probably do but for me um that's what i try to do and mm-hmm. yeah keep keep your videos um well when you're editing them make sure you got that emotion in there because it it comes across as a nicer watch and um, people get more into it and they enjoy it a bit more. I find, yeah, from the feedback I've I've been told. No, it sounds perfect to me. Uh, well, I think that's it for us, man. It's been a good chat. Yeah, it's been good, man. Yeah, appreciate you whipping the time out and having a break from editing <laughs> for it. Yeah, uh, no, I'll be back back into it the Savo. So you've yeah. got a few things to do and. No, awesome, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing your non-hunting related stuff. I think yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have fun making it, that's for sure. Yeah, no, no doubt, man. All right, well, thanks for that, man. Sweet, man. Cheers. G'day. Thanks for listening to the Educated Hunter podcast. There are a number of ways you can connect with myself, Matthew Gibson, or my partner in crime, Curran Island, at The Educated Hunter. And the hub for all of this is our website, theeducatedhunter.com. Our Instagram page is at theeducatedhunter. Our website also has a spot where you can sign up for our newsletter that comes once every two weeks and is full of relevant information about hunting in New Zealand and around the world. And lastly, you can search out any of the episodes that we've done in the past and find the show notes on that episode. Other than that, thanks very much for listening and I hope you're having a good day wherever you are and your next hunting adventure is not too far away.